You may recall that a number of weeks back in our KZMC weekend teaching, I asked the question, could I be a racist? And this morning I have a confession to make to you. I have a story that God has been illuminating in, in my life. Our, our text today, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 14, talks about the light of God shining and exposing the deeds of darkness. And I'm, I'm going to be diving into that, sharing more about it. But, but as I was considering this, I sensed the Holy Spirit showing me ways in which I have had the deeds of darkness present in, in my life. So a number of years ago, maybe two years ago or so, we had our house posted on Airbnb. We do this often when we go away for, for vacation. We had a set of five days. We were going to be going away. And so we posted it on Airbnb, hoping to make a bit of extra income while we would be gone. As the weeks unfolded, our plans changed, and it turned out that we weren't going to be going away, but we forgot to remove the Airbnb listing from, uh, from the website. But in the meantime, I also received uh, a response from someone wanting to rent our house out for those days. And I looked, and you can see in the profiles I looked, and it was a black person from Detroit. And immediately I felt uneasy and I was like, oh man, like I don't, I don't know if I want to rent to a black person from Detroit. The, the hard thing about confession is that when you say these things out loud, they sound horrible. Like, I, I can't believe that, that I was making these judgments based on someone's geographic location and then based on their skin color. And I was making a decision of whether I was willing to rent out our house or not. And, and these are the things you read about other places. You think, well, I, I wouldn't do that. But in, in the moment, I felt this uneasiness. And, and you know what? I'm not sure. I hope that I would have rented it out anyway, but I'm not sure because quite quickly, Brittany's like, oh yeah, I remember we're actually not going away that weekend. So we can't rent our house out. But there's no question that in that moment, I had um, a terrible response based on the... Uh, the racial racial realities, my, my perceptions, my the racism within me. And I share that with you because that's an example of, of actually what we're going to be talking about in our text today. And I, and I hope that this is a part of my journey of growing. I hope that it's a part of my journey of the light of God shining on me to expose these things so I can weed them out so that I can change and I can grow. But it, it definitely hurts. It hurts for me to look back and, and, and to consider that uh, I would have responded in that way. Before we proceed any further, I'm going to invite you to read our text, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 14. So you can just go on ahead and you can pause the video, grab a Bible, uh, grab, open the Bible app on your phone. Uh, if you don't have either of those handy, you can just Google, Google Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 14. So go ahead, pause it and uh, read through the text and we'll be back together then in a moment. All right, thanks for uh, diving into God's Word. That'll give you some good insight in terms of what we're looking at here as I proceed. So we're talking about this theme of light and darkness, of light and darkness. Which one do you feel defines you more, light or darkness? Maybe it depends on the day. Maybe it depends on what your life experiences have been up to this point. Do you know what God thinks about you? Well, God says that you're light. We see it. It's kind of the, the central focus verse of our text. It says, you are light in the Lord. That's what God says. 
For those who've placed their faith in Jesus, for those who've received His saving work in your life and He has made you whole and He's forgiven you and He's given you life forever, God looks at you and says, you are light in the Lord. Now, if you're not sure what that all means or what I'm talking about, I would love to have you reach out to chat with me to figure out what what it means to welcome Jesus into your life. Maybe there's a trusted Christian around you, a follower of Jesus, and you can say, hey, like, tell me more, tell me more about this. Because there's something that happens when we place our faith in Jesus, when we, when, we, when we believe, when we respond, we say, yeah, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my King, the guide of my life. Something happens and there's a shift in terms of how God sees us that we become light in the Lord. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been, what's, what's happened to you. God looks at you and He says that you are light. And we've got to own that. We've got to own that. Verse 8, for once you were in darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Like, how good of news is that? That God would declare us and see us as light. I've had some, uh, some lights hanging at the back of my deck for a little while now. And I'm pretty proud of them. You'll see them in the, in the picture here in the corner. I'm pretty proud of these lights. I love them. I, th- I think that they look pretty sharp. And uh, they're, they're beautiful. They're warm and they're inviting. And as, as the darkness of the evening kind of comes down upon our, our backyard and, and, and the yard kind of becomes an unknown territory or at the very least an unseen territory. And sitting under these lights gives a sense of safety. And it gives a sense of being able to see what's happening. It gives a sense of, of, of beauty. And, and that's what God has described you as. You are the light of the Lord. We've got to own that. We've got to receive that as part of our identity. God is in the business of lighting up your life. Now, I I want you to take a moment and consider the moon. Think about the moon. I don't know if any of you noticed a couple of days ago when there was just this big, bright, full moon shining in in the sky. Nowadays, you've got to stay up pretty late or get up pretty early if you want to see that. But consider the moon. Does anyone else remember as a kid finding out that the moon itself was not actually a light? but that it only reflects the light of the sun. I don't know why, but I, I remember finding that as a, as a kid and I was just, I was flabbergasted. Like, what? You, you mean it's, it's not a source of, of light? It's not its own um, ball of, of energy? I, I just, it was, I was blown away by that. The moon is surrounded by darkness. It's encompassed by darkness. It's covered in darkness. But it's only the light of the sun that comes across and reflects off of it and illuminates it, that lights it up and makes it look glorious. A, a full moon shining bright in the sky does look glorious. It's, it's marvelous. And this is actually an image of how it is with us. There's darkness all around us. There's darkness within us. There's darkness upon us. The text describes this as evil deeds. In verse 3 of Ephesians 5, it says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, or any kind of impurity, or greed, because these aren't proper for God's people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. And it goes on to talk about immorality, impurity, and greed, defining all this as idolatry, elevating things above God as the one who directs our life. And, and so there's this description of, of, of darkness. And then it goes on to say, God says that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I read that, man. What, what, what does that mean for me? 
to not inherit the kingdom of God? Does that, does that mean that I will not live with God forever? Let's be honest. I have been sexually immoral. There are moments where I've looked to other places, to things that I see, the things that I think about to fulfill a desire for sexual intimacy that is outside of what God's laid out of sexual intimacy only being experienced within marriage by a husband and a wife. I've been sexually immoral. I've been driven by greed. There's no doubt that that Brittany and I have made decisions with our finances that have been driven by greed. So, So what does this mean? What am I supposed to do about this? Am I not going to be a part of the kingdom of God? You've got darkness in your life. Does it mean that you aren't going to be a part of the kingdom of God? Doesn't the text say, we just talked about it, that it says that we are the light of God. So with that in mind, first, I want you to receive this as a warning. As a warning. Hear the starkness of these words. If you choose to engage in sin, if you choose to engage in activities that are apart from God's heart, that are apart from God's will, things that are destructive, things that are chasing after your own pleasure instead of His good ways, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you say, I don't want your ways, God, in a categorical, in like a life-defining, I don't want you, God, I'm going to do my own thing, you are choosing your own path. And God says, all right, all right, go for it. I will respect you. I will weep over you. I will honor that decision. And you can choose a path toward death, toward destruction. And so this is a warning that I, I don't know where you're at, but a warning that you need to hear. But the second piece is there's also an invitation here to take heart in the mercy of God. To take heart in the mercy of God. We've all engaged in darkness. We all struggle in sin. I've, I've shared a number of examples of the darkness in my own heart. It's horrible and it, it grieves me. But when we place our trust in Jesus, He changes us and He gives us light. He gives us light forever. It's just like the moon. The moon receives the light of the sun that lights it up through nothing of its own. Despite the darkness that surrounds it, Jesus lights us up and he says, You're my child. You're my daughter. You're my son. And he calls us saints. He fills us with goodness. He fills us with righteousness that's not our own. This is what God does for us. And he wants to light up your life when you place your faith in him. But God still has work to do, even as those who place their faith in Him, even as we are light instead of darkness, even as we're headed toward life forever with God, rather than death and destruction apart from Him. God still has work to do. And that's why verse 8 and verse 10, they say, live as children of the light. And then verse 10, it says, find out what pleases the Lord. So we're light. But we also need to learn how to live as light. I talk about this often, about this already and not yet. I already am the light of God. He's declared this over me. He's given me this identity. But I still need to grow in terms of what that looks like practically on the ground. I'm already the light, but I'm not yet fully the light. I'm growing toward that. So, How do we step into that identity? How do we live it out? How do we, verse 9 characterizes it, being the light as goodness, righteousness, and as truth. Everything that's perfect and, 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 yeah, just marvelous. The goodness of God. That's what it looks like to be the light. How do we grow 
So three things. First, three steps I have for you. First is let the light of Jesus shine on you. Let it expose the darkness of sin in and around you. Verse 11 says, expose the deeds of darkness. Expose the deeds of darkness. This is hard. This hurts. Like it, it was painful for me to acknowledge the fact that I'd act racist in this situation. It's going to be painful for you to acknowledge the ways in which you have been arrogant toward those around you. The ways that you've been selfish in terms of putting your own priorities ahead of those of your family members. The ways that you've pushed God aside, seeking your own comfort. All, all of this darkness. All of this darkness. The ways that you've marginalized other, other people. It's hard. It hurts to see. But let the light of Jesus shine on you because He's rich in mercy and He wants to guide you on this journey of becoming more like light. So, ask God. Ask Him. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to know where there's sin and darkness in my life. Second, have nothing to do with those sins. These are the words of our text. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. Weeding them out is crazy hard work. Talk to somebody. Tell them, this is what God's showing me. Here's how I'm thinking that maybe i got to work at it. Talk to a friend. Talk to someone you look up to. Talk to a pastor, an elder. This is the work that God is calling me and have nothing to do with those sins. And then third, don't partner. Our text says, don't partner with those engaged in darkness. Verse 17, after describing those who've been in darkness, it says straight up, don't partner with them. Now, Jesus partnered with some pretty shady characters. There were all kinds of people, whether it was the arrogant religious leaders or whether it was tax collectors who were essentially thieves. Jesus was hanging out with them all. He hung out with everybody, and that's our call. I want to follow Jesus. I need to be in relationship with people of all stripes and flavors. But this invitation to not partner with them. Jesus did not engage with them in the activity and the values and the priorities that they held. If you are establishing a business, do not step into a business partner with someone who has different values than you. If they're going to take advantage of other people, if they're going to promote things and ideas that are not what God calls us to, don't have anything to do with it. This is a part of exposing the darkness so you can grow into being the light of God. Please don't date and don't marry someone who does not know God, someone who's not ready to live under the guidance of Jesus. God, it just pains me to see this time and time again. Do not partner with those who are engaged in the deeds of darkness. Lots of other examples. Your buddies are all doing shots, abusing alcohol. Don't partner with them. You love them, you hang out with them, you care with them. Don't partner with them in the deeds of darkness. Weed these out so that you can be a child of light. So that you can bring more of the goodness and the truth and the righteousness of God into your life and the lives around you. God wants to light up your life. So let the light of Jesus shine on you. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. And don't partner with those who are engaged in darkness. This is God's invitation into the good life. I hope that these are things that can define us as a community. I hope that those who are exploring faith and aren't sure that they would be drawn to this idea of the goodness of the light of God. A community that says we are going to say what's true. A community that says we are going to love in radical ways. A community that says that we're going to seek out the good of everybody around us. 
not just living for our own pleasure or our own gain. This, this is what it looks like. And, and, and so I invite you to gauge in this process. And I really hope for myself that as I weed these sins that I'm, I'm far less likely to be drawn into thinking things that are sexually immoral but honoring my wife. I hope that I grow in ways of using my finances that characterize the generosity of God rather than just trying to build up my own little kingdom. And I really hope that the next time I'm confronted with a situation like this, with this couple, that uh, these, these folks that uh, wanted to rent our house, who I felt anxious and uneasy, I hope that the next time, immediately, it doesn't matter what they look like, it doesn't matter their background, it doesn't matter where they're from, that I will say, yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. It'd be great to have you. We cannot make judgments based on skin color. Oh, it's just horrible. I, I, hope, I hope I'm growing in this. I hope you can grow in these areas. Because that's, this is the process of jumping further into what the goodness and the truth and the righteousness of God looks like. Can we join together on this journey? I hope so. So in finishing off, I invite you to consider now, what is your kairos moment? Kairos, it's this fancy Greek word from the Bible. It talks about a moment in time that we ask God, God, what are you saying to me? I don't want to be hearers of the word only. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, so now I listen to the sermon. That, yeah, it was a nice sermon, good, all right. Like, we're wasting our time if that's what we're doing. We want to be doers of the word. So I invite you to create space and ask God, God, what in particular are you saying to me? Not just an idea. What are you saying to me about the work you want to do in my life? And how will I respond to this? God, what are you saying to me? How are you inviting me to respond? And then we invite you as we gather Sunday morning, whether you're with the Oikos uh, group that's online at 11 o'clock, um, on, on Zoom, whether it's there or whether you gather with one of the, one of the groups at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or 11 o'clock here at the church, small groups, outdoors, wearing masks, sanitizing, all of that. As we sit down, we invite you. You're not obligated to, but we invite you to stretch yourself and to share this Kairos moment. What is God saying to me and how is he inviting me to respond? Okay, thank you so much for being with us. We invite you now also to gather in person or online with others that we can grow in faith together, that we can form community for the glory of God. God wants to light up your world. He is lighting up your world. He's inviting you deeper into that. We'll talk to you later.